Hi, friends. Hello, should I delete that, listeners? We still have some tickets left for our live tour and we would absolutely love to see you there. On Thursday, the 23rd of May, we will be performing in the London Islington Assembly Hall. On Monday, the 27th of May, we will be in Salford. On Tuesday, the 28th of May, we'll be in Glasgow. Sunday, the 2nd of June, Birmingham. Monday, the 3rd of June, Bristol. And Tuesday, the 4th of June in Southampton. You can get your tickets at aegpresents.co.uk or via the link in the show notes or our Instagram bios. Really hope we see you there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. This one brand were like, we want you to come. I went to the fitting. There was me and two other girls who were a lot smaller. And they all had 20 items on the clothes rack to choose from. I had one. It was giving bed sheet. Hello and welcome back to Should I Delete That? I'm Alex Light. And I'm Em Clarkson. How are you doing, Al? I am good. I am good. I've just made a fresh batch of flapjacks, which I'm very pleased with myself for. And it's, they smell gorgeous. I actually can't wait to get off so I can go and eat them. <laughs> I know, I'm so jealous. You no showed, no showed offense. <laughs> no, I get it. I, I can't believe, though, the evolution into housewife. Like, it's amazing what pregnancy is doing to you. I know. I know. I am. This is Alex 2.0. Yeah, it's cute. It's a. It's. A, I mean, it's evolutionary. I actually. This has been something that I've been doing since lockdown. This flapjack. I can. I can make bake one thing, and it's this flapjack thing. The banana flapjacks, and I found the recipe in lockdown, and for some reason it's stuck. Like nothing else. No recipes ever stick with me, but this is stuck. They're so good. I will. I, I'm proud of you. I could bring them. I could actually. You could have them. They're vegan. Please bring. Them. Is this your good? Is this your good that you are evolutionized? It can be. Yeah. Why not? What's yours? My good is that I took the hags to run the Vitality London 10K last weekend. It was my first hag event back since having a baby and it was stunning. It was so good. It looked good. Like my old self. It was just so nice. So there were only 10 of us this time because we didn't get that many places. But if anybody watched it and thought, that doesn't look too awful. I just want to say we've got spaces. We've got unlimited places to a 10K at Hampton Court in November. It's for the Shooting Star Hospice. And if you want to come and do a 10K with the hags, we'd literally love to have you there so much. The sign-ups in the Have A Go's Instagram bio. Because I honestly, I was like, oh my God, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. I'm so happy. And it was just so amazing. And I just loved it. I just loved it. And some of the girls that did the run are going to come back and do the Hampton Court one as well. And it was just great. It was just great. So I just loved it. I'm just really happy. It looked amazing. It looked great vibes. It was just lovely. I just love my hags so much. Like I'm never happier than when spending time with them. And I'm about to spend more time with them because on Saturday I'm going up to do my trek, which leads me on to my bad, Alex. Go on. And I I hate to tell you this because I hate that it's happening to me. Go on. I think one of my toenails is infected. Oh, uh... I know. I don't want to talk about it. I'm just. I'm just. Neither do I. I've got to do a 25 kilometer <laughs> trek on Saturday, and then I got a half marathon next weekend. And my little toe. Well, it's my big toe, and it hurts. But I don't want to talk about it. Is it ingrown? It, so what's your bad? No, no. I think it was trying to be ingrown, but now I think it's got infected because it wasn't ingrown because I just like 
cut them and now it looks normal but it just really hurts it might oh oh right oh you might actually need antibiotics no 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 no, no don't say that i don't i'm fine <laughs> don't no you do we have to be careful with things like that you know like i know some oh i shouldn't say things like don't, this don't, don't, willy-nilly don't, if their fucking toe fell off i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it yeah but you you do need to keep an eye on it though don't just ignore it I'm not ignoring it, Alex. It's agony. I'm I'm very, very much aware of it. I can't mm. ignore it because my toe's like pulsing. It hurts so much. Salt. But we're not water. talking about it. Wash it in salt water. Yeah. Soak it. Yeah, I'm going to do a little hot soak after I've been to the gym. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gross. That's nice. Thanks. So that's really bad. What's your bad, please? Thanks for ruining our days. Um, my bad <laughs> and my awkward are all tied up in one. Good. I went to Seville last weekend with Dave. It was my birthday present from him. Really lovely. Had a great time. We ate our way around the city. Had some black rice, which I will not forget for a really long time. One night we went to a rooftop bar and we hadn't eaten, I think, since like two. And it was like half seven. Just hadn't eaten anything. I don't know. We'd, we'd had enough. Like we just didn't eat anything. Anyway, went to this rooftop bar. I had a mocktail, which has obviously like got loads of sugar in. And I was like drinking it. I'm feeling like, oh, I feel really anxious. I don't know. I feel funny. Like my body kind of feels hot and I feel anxious and I don't know, something's not sitting right. So I stopped drinking the mocktail. Um, and then we got up to leave. I just kept feeling, I kept saying to Dave, like, I just don't feel right. We got up to leave and like, you know, when you, you know, when you're going to pass out and you feel like waves of like blackness this is how it feels to me anyway like making its way up your body like yeah. your legs go and then it's ma- making its way up so I was like yeah. <gasps> I'm gonna pass out Dave I'm gonna pass out right so we're in this tiny little rooftop crowded very crowded rooftop bar oh my so, God, dramatic. so dramatic my, my hearing went you know it's ringing and you can't hear anything so I'm like shouting ring- I'm gonna oh pass God, out I'm, I'm gonna pass out so Dave was like sit down and I was like no I need to get to a toilet in case I'm sick because I'm scared about being sick in public obviously in a rooftop bar because I thought sickness might come along with this I was like no I need to get to the toilet but to get to the toilet you have to like walk through the entire rooftop bar and down the stairs so he was like guiding me through and I was like Dave I'm gonna pass out I'm gonna pass out everyone's looking at me obviously I'm making an absolute show a scene a scene yeah a scene and then you are the waiter was like you need to pay not now garçon <laughs> in that moment i was like i don't care that we need to pay but dave obviously was was a bit more compass mentor so he was like yeah i i'll let me just pay just sit he put me on a chair and was like sit there i'm gonna pay and i was like i can't i can't wait for you to pay i don't have the time to wait for you to pay i'm gonna try and make it to the toilet but I got onto the stairs and realized that I couldn't feel my legs properly. So I was like crawling my way down the stairs. <laughs> it was so dramatic, honestly, oh because I was just God. terrified that I was going to be sick in on this rooftop bar. Like you can't do that. You just can't do that. So I had to get myself to the toilet. You also shouldn't really be crawling down the stairs of a nice restaurant, but it sounds and literally, like- Dave was like, what are you doing? Just stay still, please. And I was like, no, I'm going to be sick. Um, so... And then eventually I, I, he came and he like, he like ran and got me and was like, fuck's sake. We ran down. There was a huge queue for the toilet, but I didn't look good. And I think, and everyone was like, whoa, make way. Like she, like they were saying in Spanish, like she's not well, she looks bad. And they let me into the toilet and, and yeah, I had my business and I was fine after that. I recovered. What kind of business? Sick. Ow, what was wrong with you? Don't know. Not sure. 
I feel sure. like we should investigate this. I feel like this does require further investigation. I feel like we can't. We don't, we don't want to sort of leave this one with, with a question mark and just move on. I think on it was it. low blood sugar because I was I, like, I suddenly came out and I was like, oh my god, I need food, like urgently, violently, need food, and, and then I was fine. Okay, what a roller coaster! So, I know. Poor Dave. That's his idea of social hell. Such a scene. It was. It was such a scene. Like I, like if I had the CCTV footage, like you just see like this, this big pregnant lady trying to crawl down the stairs. Horrendous, embarrassing. Abandoned by her husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I've got to pay, but like, I'm scared oh. you're gonna die. <laughs> oh, Dave, that's so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. I know, very embarrassing. Anything Will for you me? Just, yeah, yes, yes. Don't worry, I'll make you feel better. But can you just mention that to your midwife, please? <laughs> like, yeah, I'll drop that one in. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't just let that be a like. Don't let us be the diagnostic barrier of like what's a good <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, my awkward. You'll have seen it. Everybody's seen it now. I uh, I gave a a speech yesterday. I gave a a speech at a conference. <laughs> yeah. Technology for marketing. I wore a suit. I did a sleek bun. I wrote it. I presented it. Actually, can I just say it was normally we do this thing. I think you're the same where we get really nervous before do the public speaking thing. It goes fine. But then we tell everyone that it was horrible just because it's kind of weird to say it was fine. So you just go, oh, it was awful, even if it wasn't. But this time, so I think people are quite used to me doing that. But this time it just wasn't my best work. It just wasn't like there was a guy on the front row out and he was so serious. Like, I was oh. like, there was there was a guy, it was more men than I'm used to. I'm used to talking to women. I'm definitely like, I guess the podcast, everything. More used to female spaces. Yeah. I was thrown off by how many men there were. I oh. I'd put a 13 going on 30 joke, like quite a specific one in the thing that got taken <laughs> out um, last minute. It was it was just tough. It was tough, oh, and I, I, it was it, wrong crowd. But but actually, I, I, there were there, oh my god, there were a few friendly faces. I was like, I've never needed them more. Like and I like I literally, I went up and thanked one of them afterwards because I was like, thank you for smiling at me because that was horrible. Oh. Anyway, yeah, there's a really grumpy guy on the front row, and he just looked really serious, and he didn't crack a smile once. And even when I made eye contact oh, with him, he didn't smile at me. And I was like, why do you hate me? <laughs> This is hard enough without you, sir. Anyway, did the speech, but I just didn't thrive. I didn't feel good. When I finished, no. everybody clapped, which was polite and probably more than I deserved. But they clapped and I had the Madonna mic on and I oh, I gave Katie, who was with me, a thumbs up and a wink. And as I gave the wink, I went, but I still had the fucking Madonna mic on. So the oh. went super loud and everybody heard the super loud, which is fine, except as a standalone video, when I watched it back, I was like... Oh God! Oh God! It was a it bad was. sound. It was bad. As, as, as I watched it, I was like, "Oh God, this is going to haunt me for a while." And sure enough, I woke up this morning with that sense of like, oh, "Why?" If you're lucky, we could potentially put it on the "Should I Delete That?" Uh, I think we should. Should I delete that Instagram? I nearly put it on my own. I nearly put it on my own grid as a reel, and then I thought, "No," because I really want to do that speech again next year. Like, I feel like it's very good for my career, and if I put that up, they'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. let's do it on the should I delete that Instagram though that deserves us it deserves a permanent spot in all of our minds and memories oh I hate myself so uh, much gorgeous <laughs> and we've got a great interview actually this feels more like a conversation than an interview today's guest doesn't it yeah it does actually a woman that we've both been following for a really long time Felicity Hayward who is doing really really amazing work in the space of uh plus in, in the in the plus size industry in the fashion industry really amazing work and it was I actually didn't really know her story so it was really interesting for her to tell that and talk about that um 
how she came about and like how she came to be a model is so cool so cool. <laughs> so fucking random it's so felicity like it would never happen to me um but yeah it was really it was great to talk to her and hear about the work that she's doing and what needs improving in the plus size space Agree. I can't wait to hear your model origin story because you said what happened to Felicity Bon Appetit. I still live in hope that one day I'm going to get scouted. Alas. Not for modelling, uh, but for something. Surely something. Surely something. Especially in the, the age of TikTok, like everyone's scouted for something at, the, something at this point, you know? Actually, no. This, given my, my previous, is it just me concerned that I've got that niche fear of being approached by somebody with a microphone? Yeah. I actually want to be left alone. Don't perceive me. Just leave me be. Yeah. But anyway. I'm, I'm good for nothing. <laughs> Here is Felicity. Enjoy. Hi, Felicity. Hi, babe. Hello. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I felt left out. No. <laughs> okay, so my bit now, you can carry on. Thanks for joining us. Of course. You are wearing quite a coat, look, a mega coat. It's quite hot outside and I didn't really think it through, but um, I think I look like a fashionable burrito. You look stunning. <laughs> That's what when I saw you, you said something about a burrito, and I thought you 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 meant you'd just eaten a burrito. <laughs> I wish. No, no. Do you know, know where you're wrapped a burrito, a tin foil. You know. Got it. Yeah, nice like inside. a jacket potato. Like you just run a race. <laughs> Spudgy like. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. you look like a burrito. Because I look like okay, a fashion, fine. fashion burrito. Fashion yeah. burrito. Love yeah. that. Love Speaking that. of fashion, yes, you're here on fashion. the back of Fashion Week. Yeah. Fashion weeks. You've done. How many? Uh, How many fashion weeks? Two, right? You did two? London and Milan. I've done London and Milan, yeah. Paris is now happening. Um, Are you done? Do you like fashion? Sorry, Nick. I I prefer your question. (laughs) Do I like fashion fashion week? Yes and no. I feel like I love fashion. I love styling. I love clothes. I love how they can make you feel. Mm. I also don't like the way that the fashion industry treats plus size people yeah so it's kind of yes i i love i love wearing fashion burrito jackets <laughs> right but it's yeah it's it's not it's not the easiest place to be right so yeah. do you feel it it's difficult because i've just come back from milan and i just saw okay. the carolini vito show yes which was one of the best shows I have ever seen in my whole career. And I've yeah. been doing this for 12 years. And I actually got very emotional at the show. For people that don't know, Carolini Vito, she usually shows at London Fashion Week. And she's a Brazilian designer. She's not long been doing this. And she creates pieces from size 8 to 28. And they are shown on the runway, which... That does not happen. No. That does not happen. The fashion industry over the last 10 years, I mean, we can we all know about this, but they usually curve models and plus size models on the runway have only just been trickling in for the last few years. In the last five years, you might get like a celebrity or someone like Beth Ditto um, who is being put on the catwalk as a gimmick mm-hmm. for some of the big designers. Um, they're dressed just that look for her mm. and it's not shoppable but in the last sort of like two or three years we we are seeing plus size models on the runway but it usually is one or two mm. one or two and it usually is the same group of girls that they pick yeah so to go to milan and see a show where there are models that i've never seen before models that aren't don't have a flat stomach they have a visually big belly, mm. big legs, like not just that perfect hourglass shape. 
and seeing them on the catwalk looking so beautiful in clothes that fit them and work well with their bodies. They're not just something that's oversized or stretchy, like the pieces have been moulded to their to their curves was honestly phenomenal. And they're shoppable. They're shoppable. Yeah. You can literally shop the pieces on on her site. Like Which shouldn't be a big deal. I right? mean on, when you really, really deep it, it's like Imagine someone that knew nothing about the fashion industry and they come in and they watch a show and they see something and they're like, oh, the point of this is obviously to sell the clothes. Um, and then they're like, oh, I like that jacket. I'm going to go buy that jacket. And then they, it's not possible to buy that jacket. What's the point of the fashion show? Yeah. Like when you really, really deep it. Okay, first of all, two things to say on this. I love that you're using deep as an adjective because we have had that on this podcast. Alex misused oh my God, it yes. once. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and since then, every time I hear it, I always think of you. So that's, look, listen to and that. You sound cool using it and we're the same age. So I feel validated now. But okay, so I'm one of these people that never really got fashion. And it's only in the last, it's only probably since TikTok that I've started understanding fashion in terms of, I think it's made it more accessible to like, get like I feel like it's quite if you don't get it you don't get it and you're a bit late to getting it and I never know which which design is a bit problematic or like what history is in this or what model I just I missed the beginning bit and then I found it too hard to catch up so I just completely disassociated whereas now like I'm seeing like creators that I love like you're going to fashion week and then I'm interested in what you're wearing and I'm interested in what you're seeing and then my friends are doing the streets of photography and then I'm interested and it's like social media's like leveled it and has made it more accessible and interesting but I still find it fascinating that as much as like catalogue moved on or social media campaigns moved on with brands catwalk is like belligerently not moving on and I find that really deeping it like fascinating from someone that doesn't understand fashion I don't understand how they get away with it at all well it's the high-end fashion houses that have this one idea of beauty and what they believe is aesthetically pleasing to their brand yeah and that's what they'll keep yeah. So until, but the, like you say, we now have all of the designers that are at Fashion Week, like Sinead O'Dwyer, who she, she's at London Fashion Week. She's super inclusive. And I'm not just talking about size. Like, you know, we've got models in wheelchairs going down the catwalk and it's not just one. It's mm. not just tokenism. You know, there's all abilities, like all ages. Like, you know, it's just... It's an incredible thing to see, but it is the younger generation. It's not the big fashion houses. They are still stuck in this this little, like, beauty, like, time lapse of just what they think is right. And I think the more that we promote and with it, the likes of TikTok, with the social media, like, back these young designers, mm. that's when we're going to be able to make the changes. Because let's face it, the older, the older generation, like, they are dying. You've just got to hang tight. That's what I keep saying. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? They are, and our we'll younger generation are going to be the ones that like take over. And I think, yeah, yeah. Caroline Vito was just insane. I'm, and I don't know if, if if this is right. If this is even right, I'm thinking out loud. But like those high end fashion houses, like surely they just from a business point of view, surely they know that like we don't necessarily want that anymore. Like, we want more inclusivity. I just think, or does, do they feel like they have to, ha like, maintain this air of, like, exclusivity? Like, only thin women can access our, only thin rich women can access our clothes. What is it? They're just, it's just like an outdated standard of beauty. Yeah. It's like, it's control. 
I think the older generation as well, they've been able to control the fashion industry for so long and what mm. they they think is right. Mm. And then you've got these young designers coming and going, no, this can look good on anybody's shape. This isn't just for one person. And they're disrupting the industry in such an incredible way that I think some of the old designers are now still, they're getting so like defensive and they'll just stay with what they believe is right. Because some of the things, like, I was, again, watching Fashion Week recently, like, and I'm thinking of the Prada show loads because, well, because I saw Kylie Jenner went. And then I thought, I mean, like, she looked great. But it's like, it's so lazy to only have to put it on one body. Like, imagine how great, like, imagine how right. good your tailoring how easy it would be to show off how good your tailoring is if you could put it on you make something that's going to work on everybody's body like that's a much bigger flex than like I made it look good on a coat hanger ta-da yeah Sinead O'Dwyer this season she did she didn't do a catwalk she decided to take us back to the RCA which is her classroom where she learned and she did like a presentation seminar and she actually told us how how difficult it is not how difficult it is I take that back how the educational system make it so difficult for these young emerging students and designers to create for larger bodies they only have small mannequins small busts all of the equipment that they have actually at the universities is based off one scale and Sinead O'Dwyer she said for her collections she makes four different bodies so she does four different sample sizes and she is a young designer and if she can do it right if she can do it and she is powering through to do this and you know the same with Carolini Vito if she is making clothing from a size 8 to 20 to 28 it's you can do it Mm. and these bigger brands they have the money, so there is no excuse. If you've got small, smaller designers who don't have the money that need the funding, mm. Carolina Vito was backed by Dolce & Gabbana this season. She had all of that money to put herself on a huge platform and she was able to go from, say, 10 to 12 pieces that she may do at London Fashion Week to doing 30 pieces at Milan Fashion Week because she had that funding. Mm. But even without their funding, they're still making these moves. Yeah. So what is it? So bigger fashion brands don't have ex- don't have any excuse. There, there is no excuse. No, it's just one ideal that they're still sticking yeah. to. And what I used to find so stressful, like in the last decade, is when I would see somebody on the catwalk or attending a fashion week show, a high end fashion week show, that would have an amazing piece of clothing from that designer and then you wouldn't be able to shop it. It was not even la- last year. Alexander McQueen had the most incredible person. Um, model their collection and I was like she must have been about a size 22 and I was Mm. like this is insane and it was a really really gorgeous trench coat and I went onto the Alexander McQueen website saw the campaign and on there you could sort of like click the model and find out what they were wearing and I was like okay it's this jacket and it was a pre-order so I actually was like you know what I'm going to call the store Mm. and see what sizes they go up to because she's quite obviously my size and I called the store and in the, in London, in Bond Street, and I was like, hi, I'm looking for this jacket. I've just seen it online. I was like, what sizes do you go up to? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to lie here and pretend I'm a lot smaller than I am to see the reaction. So I said, I'm a size 10, um, but I'm not sure what sizes you go up to. And I said, I'd probably like it to be a bit more oversized. And they literally said to me, they were like, we currently only have it up to a size 12. Whoa. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say like 18. And I said, okay, 
and they were like if you'd like us you know to order it for you let us know because I thought I'm going to go in and see what sizes they do and I just thought what is the point of putting a plus size person in your in your campaign on your runways if you don't sell them now I'm hoping it's just because it was a you know potentially a pre-order or you know they are getting more sizes in but it was not shoppable what is the point? It's arguably worse. Than it is not worse. Pu- putting it is worse. a plus size person in your show altogether because it's like, why are you doing it then? Yeah, it's like almost for the controversy if it's not yeah. for the practicality. It's for the publicity. Yeah, yeah publicity. I just want to look like, you know, yeah. tokenism. Yeah. The thing is, like, plus size people, they want they fashion. Want, they want fashion and they want luxury. You know, not everyone can go and afford, can afford a jacket that's two grand. But to have the option for it, to save up, to, you know, find it elsewhere, find it on Vinted. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just saying that, but I think there's so many corrupt things that happen with the fashion industry that's just so frustrating. On the flip side of that, but also in the same vein, there are a lot of brands that do go up to a site. I, I don't know, they're, they're more inclusive than others, let's say, or they've extended mm. their sizing range. But if you go into store, it'll still only go up to a twelve, and they don't they don't want to put those bigger sizes out on the shop floor, and none of the mannequins are wearing a bigger size or are bigger, you know, themselves. And there's in the e-commerce, there's no models modelling that size. It's like so you, it's you want the money, you want yeah. the you want the custom, but you don't want to advertise it. You don't you don't want to associate yourselves with anything that's not thin, basically. It's, it's- it's frustrating because I've seen the rise of the plus size industry and and the brands extending their sizes because, you know, I've been a model for a long time. So I remember when, you know, all of these brands extended their sizing. So I was like, great, more work for me, what more work for our community. And I remember when they all got put into the stores and then six months, nine months later, they got taken out. And the thing is, when you put your plus size ranges at the back of the store, mm. on the top floor... Don't promote it. They're not going to do well because no one's going to know it's there. Mm. And then the same old excuse of it didn't do well, so we took it out and we put it back online. So it's a, you know, it's it's just yeah. a vicious circle. There is not many places a plus size consumer can shop on the high street. And then you get brands like Rixo and Never Fully Dressed, who Never Fully Dressed have a store in Essex and Rixo have one in West London where you can walk in and shop. And the best one is Marina Rinaldi, who is more of a luxe Italian brand, who they only do plus size and they have been doing it for years. And that's the only shop in Bond Street that you'll be able to walk in. Wow. Really? Yeah. Isn't that mad? Yeah. It's actually it's deranged because, it <laughs> again, if you like an alien coming to Earth and like looking at it, it's like, so we've got clothes that don't fit the people. Yeah. Why? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. It, yeah. it, from a business perspective, it doesn't make any sense. From a, like, it, it physically doesn't make yeah. it any, you can't logic, logicize, rationalize yeah. it. You can't make it make sense. But I, I can't remember the exact point, the exact uh, figure now but it's something because it because it's continually rising the plus size industry in the, in the uk is, is worth billions of pounds like it's insane is it yeah like because you've been doing this for 12 years the plus size industry probably when you started was worth peanuts not yeah nothing so you've been in it for 12 years and it's like completely blown up Babe, when i started there was no real plus size designers 
that I could think of. And I was notoriously an editorial model. So the difference for people that may not know is editorial is when you are shooting for magazine covers or, you know, fashion magazines and they're, they're, they're photo shoots rather than promoting clothes. And then commercial size, obviously, when you, when you are shooting for the brands and you're doing their TV ads and whatever. I remember seeing a shoot where it was for Versace and <laughs> the model was wearing a Versace bedsheet. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> so bad. On the catwalk? No, no, in an editorial. And it was like, she looked insane. She looked amazing. But I was like, oh my God, like that's a Versace dress that I could wear. And I looked in the credits and it was like Versace home. And you're like, oh my God. at that point in that, in that time, you couldn't, you wanted to use a plus size model in your campaigns, but you didn't have the clothes for it. So you put her in a bed sheet. That is appalling. <laughs> and now... They've got plus size models walking on their runway. They've got maybe two. Um, so there, there is definitely been a change. I'm, I don't want to be negative about every single point. Yeah. There definitely has been a huge change in that. So you've been, coming back to Fashion Week, mm. and you said you've been a model for 12 years. So you've yeah. been in the industry for tw- for a really long time. You founded something called Including the Curve. Yeah. Can you, can you talk us through that? Yeah, so... In 2019, I'd been sort of going to Fashion Week for a few years and it got to the point where I was just like, why am I attending these shows that don't have clothes to fit me? So I'd go to the PRs, I'd get the invite, I'd be so excited that I was able to like go to one of these shows and I'd get to the thing and it would be like, oh, what's the biggest size thing you've got? Like, maybe this will work, maybe don't. I'd always walk out with a, like, a bag or a pair of earrings to wear to the show. I'd get there, all of the peers, like the other peers on the front row would all be in like full get up mm. and I'd have my photos taken and I was like why am I promoting this brand that they don't have any plus size models on the catwalk they don't have I'm wearing it kind of goes against everything I'm standing for but equally I knew I was sort of like the only plus size person at these shows so I felt like oh I should be there because I want to wear my outfits and show myself and be be that person but then equally I was like Do you know what? I'm not doing this and then the British Fashion Awards came around, which is obviously one of the most prestigious events in the fashion industry. I'd gone for a, the last sort of like two years before then with different brands, with Google, with River Island. And I had made myself and styled myself, I think, to look quite good for what the clothes I was given. Mm. And this one brand were like, we'll come with you. Like, we want you to come. I went to the fitting there was me and two other girls who were a lot smaller and they all had 20 items on the clothes rack to choose from and I had one. And it wasn't just like it was like maybe just the most amazing outfit that they only decided that, you know, it was going to be for me. It was an oversized black sequin bat wing dress. That's awful. It was giving bed sheet. Oh, that's awful. And very I was just like, very, yeah, very itchy. <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I mean? It was just, yeah. it was just giving, it was giving Lazy. like no shape, no shape. And you know, the the years before then, I had managed to style up High Street or other pieces and made it look quite glamorous. Because I mean, when you are plus size, you do have to be very creative and you have to work a lot harder than your smaller peers to try and get the same style or trends. And they gave me this one thing and I was just sort of like, I don't know how to react to this. I left and then I, I said to my publicist at the time, I was like, like, I'm really unhappy with this. I need to like have a think about it. And the day of the 
the show, I was like, the the event, I was like, I'm not going. Mm. I don't want to go somewhere where I'm not appreciated by this brand. I'm not going to go and represent you. So I remember I ordered KFC. I put on Girls Trip and I sat there and I just put, I just like tweeted. I just put, you know what? I'm not going to the British Fashion Awards. I'm sick and tired of plus size women in particular being an afterthought in in fashion. Um, and I don't want to feel grateful for being invited to something that I don't feel as an equal. And it went viral. Like it, it really, it, it made an impact. I didn't, I was just, she, I was just being a bit stroppy. Mm, you know, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> I'm not going, whatever, you know. <laughs> and it made like articles within, wow. within the hour. I made more press by not going than I did going. It was, yeah. it was, it was quite, it was quite strange. And because of that, I just started to think like, why am I going to occupy spaces where they don't appreciate me? Like, I'm not going to do it anymore. If they're not going to include plus size, if they're not going to include the curve, then I'm not going to go. So that's where the hashtag, where it was sort of founded. And I then boycotted London Fashion Week. I was like, there was no point in me going this season because unless I see what I, what I, what I look like, I'm not going. So I boycotted it. And then I yes like this hashtag and what I do every season is I look at every single show at every single fashion week and I check every single model it's about 12,000 models oh my god per season and I then I calculate how many of them are plus size or curve and also to put on there some people say to me oh that person doesn't look plus size like how are you promoting this blah, blah, blah. I'm like well the fashion industry a sample size is like an 8 to 10 so if you are above that size you are considered curve or plus size so I know at the moment we've got like all of these terms of like mid size and plus size and all these different things to call people but in the fashion industry for modeling if you are above a 10 you're considered curve or plus size depending on what what they want to the terminology of it so a lot of the time, the curve models that I am reporting on as well are a size 12. Really? Which, you know, in my opinion, I don't believe that that is a plus size model. Yeah. But I'm going with what the industry is showing us. Right. So, yeah, every every week, every fashion day, I'll start with New York, then London, then Milan, then Paris. I will create content that shows you how many models that are considered curve walk each season. And it's, it's really interesting because you might look at Milan Fashion Week this just happened and you might see the Carolini Vito show and think oh my god mm. Milan is so amazing Milan is so inclusive they are better than London they have created such a wave and I'm like no 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 hang on through my through my my report last season Milan had 14 models they'll probably it's around 2 to 3000 per per week okay so they had 14 <laughs> Wow. Plus size models out of that. This season they had 45. Okay. So it's a huge jump. But the reason they have 45 is because 30 of them were hers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, for one show. With one show. So you can look you can look in and say, oh my God, like Milan is amazing. Is it amazing? Because actually it's there was only 15 other models. If you take away her show and she usually shows in London, mm. then it would be completely different. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What, how did the others weigh up? comparatively between like London and New York so New York used to always be at the forefront it was always because they've had plus size models longer than than we have in the UK they've always been the ones pushing it Mm. um so it's usually New York London Paris Milan and for context what are those numbers I mean it's quite embarrassing when you actually think about it the maximum amount of plus size models we have had in the last two three years I'm going to say but also, that's me doing my report, but I'm going to say in the last 10 years, because I'm not joking, in the last 10 years, there's never been any plus size models yeah, on the yeah, runway. Yeah. The most amount we've ever had is London this season. We had 81. Wow. But that was out of, like, you know, 3,000. Wow. So it's it, it's amazing that we've managed to pull it back because it was always New York. But the reason why New York did so bad last season, um, they had... they, they had 31 and the time before they had 70 and that was the zen pick i was gonna ask you about that that was yeah so basically the good thing about the report is every season you'll see if they if they're staying the same Mm. or if they're getting better london has continually got better since last year which is amazing Mm. for us because we were really really low in numbers Mm. new york used to be the best and then since in, it was January this year, right, when the Ozempic craze came into town and the rise of heroin chic and all of this stuff was the skinny is in and this is the new trend. And it was all coming from America. And that was in January. And then in February, we had Fashion Week and it was you could completely see the influence that that had. Fascinating. And that's the influence that it has on the fashion houses hiring the models, right? It's not the models that are losing weight. Or is it both things? No, I mean it's it's got nothing to do with the with the models losing no. weight because it's like there there are models of all sizes in every city. So it's literally the fashion houses have, have decided, decided thins back in again. So we'll just. It feels like they've just they've like they've just been waiting for their opportunity. I mean, honestly, to... I'm I'm just I'm not saying it's definite, but it, the the figures show if yeah. New York had you know 70 last season last September, this whole rise came in in January. And in, in their shows in February, they only had 31. It was the lowest it's been in years. It didn't take them much time, did it? <laughs> <laughs> Almost like they knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, you know, I'm not saying it's it's the definite, oh, yeah, this is definitely why. But we'll say it. <laughs> you can't, it but it does less... feel like there's been that shift, doesn't it? That there? yo-yo. The yeah. Kardashian, it... like, transformation. And then right. everybody, like, you know, having the... Well, I mean, 
speculatively having their implants and stuff taken out. Yeah, and like, they definitely did. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it is mad that it's like, I mean, I don't, well, I, I would be interested to hear your opinion on it. Do you feel like, because obviously, like you say, the plus size industry like boomed in the last few years. Do you feel like the trend, in quotation marks, is now that they that fashion is going to go back to where it was, and then we'll and we'll just keep riding this? Or do you think the plus size industry will keep going up and up? I really don't have the answer. It's it's really quite frustrating because I think we definitely have had the boom of. of body positivity mm. and all of that and I think it's just it's had its moment and now it's just sort of riding on this it's just floating along mm. um I think there will always be trends that go up and down I think but I, I think our generation the generation the younger ones I think that they yeah. have such a voice and such a power and you can see that through the younger designers and also they they have they're accessible everything's accessible nowadays they can mm. read they can research they everything's on the internet whereas you know our generation didn't really have mm. as much accessibility to that mm. I think that they there will they will be helping trying yeah. to keeping us on some sort of like hopefully a road that allows all bodies to be accepted i think i don't yeah. even know if i'm making sense here no i know i know what you mean i, th I think just from a purely level a level of like plus size people have been able to say like it's not fair that we just can't like go into a high street store, mm. and, store and shop our size or we can't see ourselves represented in the fashion industry and i feel like i feel like that can't go away now we can't ignore that now yeah. that it's i mean I, I feel like plus size people were too scared to say that beforehand because it was seen as really like there was a lot of shame around that yeah. and it was like too embarrassing to say that like you should just be trying to lose weight and not like complaining about that and now they've had the voice to say that and i feel like we can't go back on that I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that the younger generation will allow it. No. no. I don't think that they will. And I think we'll still keep fighting for it. And I think what was strange was that the that New York did go diabolically down. Yeah. But then this season they went up to 70 again. I don't really know what went on there. They did have a lot of bad press for it, didn't they? They did. But it, yeah, it definitely felt like the Ozempic, the Y2K stuff, like the Miu Miu mini skirts and the low rise, and it felt like that. Yeah, but they, I, yeah, suspect they... it has something to do with being slammed so hard for it. I hope so. Yeah. Well, then if so, that that means it's worked. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that means it's worked, and also, um, London seems to be doing really well. And mm. usually we have Carolina Vito. Yeah. Right? So this we, would have been another thirty. It would have been another yeah. thirty. That would have been yeah. the most I think we would have ever seen in the whole of fashion history. Yeah. And that's you, exciting. That is that is exciting it is. because it twenty nineteen it was piss poor mm. in London. And I'm like, we're the people that like invented punk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're the people that really <laughs> yeah. like, like and here we are going, Oh, I can't put a plus size person on the runway. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give over. Like Can I ask about like how you feel about Again, just because you've like been, you've seen it all so much, and you are now like observing trends. Like how you feel about body positivity in general. Like you touched on the movement earlier. Like, do you feel like it's got within? Do you feel like it? 
it did what it needed to do in terms of a movement in that it educated people and it is now people can just run with it with the knowledge that there isn't only one option or do you feel like it still needs the momentum behind it that maybe was injected and it's less like present I think it had a huge impact and I think the where I would like to see it continue is that brands not just use those people as a gimmick you know just because when it when it happened everyone's like oh it was a really big thing they were using so many models and whatever and I feel like it's now gone to a back to the place where they only still maybe use one Mm. one plus size model one one trans model you know it's like I think it's making sure that you know it's not a gimmick and it it does need to be like the world needs to look like it looks yeah Uh, to like a cross-section of society yeah like how nice if campaigns looked like that like a cross-section yeah. of society like and why wouldn't they look like that I it think that makes sense I think that's why it was the, the Milan show was so special because it was like mm. you know as well there was there was plus-size women of like like I, I've just I've just never seen anything like it and I don't know if you've yeah. seen the footage online but like that saw your stuff everyone was crying like the women were crying and I tell you what was something that was I got so anxious before that show i i flew myself to milan i went specifically for that show i i went there i got kitted out in the whole look i had glam i get there i'm used to being in london where you know the community you know everyone that's here i got out of my car at that show and it was at the Dolce & Gabbana headquarters and there was all the italian street style photographers i got out of my car and they put their cameras down really and this isn't me just being like it's not this, you know. It might sound like it's just being my, my ego of like, why didn't they take my photo? Like, you know, it was more than that. There was girls there who were thin. They were not in. They were not wearing Carolina Vito. They were just wearing any old random designer, and the photographers were running after them. And they were just Italian influencers. And it's not even the fact of like, you know, I'm not, no one knows who I am in Italy. I'm not, I don't go to Milan often, you know, it's not, I'm not known over there because I still think that the fat phobia in certain places is still so rife. How would you not, and Carolina Vito's outfits, they are so recognisable. She uses a lot of like metal and like metal claspings and stuff. And I walked out and I was just a little bit like, oh, and it took me back to like the last 10 years of fashion of like, oh, I can come to Milan. I can come to a show. I've been invited by the actual designer. I can wear her full look mm. and I'm still not good enough for you. I'm still not good enough for you to acknowledge my presence in this place. And I walked in and I sat down on the front row and I sat there and I was like, oh my God, I didn't even get a photo in, in this outfit. Like I'm on my own. Like this is... Like it just it just took me back to being that young girl of like not being not being seen. And I saw two women on like sitting not far away from me, the plus size women. And I looked around and everyone else was quite thin at, the, at that moment in time. And I went, you know what? I'm just going to go and ask them. So I walked up to them and I was like, hi, I'm so sorry to ask you this. I was like, would you mind taking my photo in here? So I have some documented pictures of me in this space. And they were like, oh my God, 
like of course of course and it felt like I'd got like some sort of little family there that I had but I had to go find the plus size women and go I've come all the way here like it's such a special occasion they took my photos and you know they they happened to be editors of different magazines and they were like we know what you feel like they were like this has happened to us all the time we don't even get acknowledged and then the catwalk show happened 30 plus size models come out and all of that that stress of of not feeling seen just absolutely melted and disappeared and we went outside after the show and all the models were you know having cigarettes outside or you know just chilling and we all out there and we were all singing and dancing and like it was such a moment where I was like oh my god I feel seen heard safe just because someone looks like me Mm. Going, go, walking in, being like, oh my God, I, I don't belong here. And walking out with all those models. And we were walking around the streets of Milan. We all went for lunch. We all went for Aperol's. And it was just like, you guys have just made history. This is something that I have never seen or never felt in the fashion industry. And how embarrassing. When you said about those aliens earlier, how embarrassing would the aliens be looking down thinking you don't make things for everyone how strange it's so weird (laughs) how weird so only half of you can get dressed yeah Yeah. it doesn't seem to make any sense you've been doing it for so long and it's really disheartening to hear that you still feel like this in some spaces because following you knowing you like I imagine that you're just the most and and I when I picture you and think about you I think that you just like ooze confidence so it is like it's disheartening to hear that you still feel that there are spaces and like I completely get it but it is really disheartening that there are still spaces because I imagine that you just like smash everywhere you go and just like feel we're all human I I know I know and that's my like projection of like I guess because you're a model and you've been doing it for so long and every time I see you you're just like whoa like so I just imagine that that's how you just like roll out of bed and spend your whole life but there must have been times over the last 12 years where you've just thought I'm not I can't like because it's really tenacious Mm. to keep showing up in a space that you do have these feelings of feeling unwelcome in Mm. and how do you do that how do you keep showing up for it because it the reaction that you get from these things and like the people that you meet the conversations that you have you know the conversation after come back from Milan the conversations that I've had with, with women online have been like so incredible and like that's what that's what keeps you going and to be honest like it's not always like this there's just moments and but when I experience those moments that makes me be like nah I'm gonna go harder I'm gonna go harder and if those moments are still happening in your life it means that the changes still need to be made. Mm. You know, we we do need to be seen. We do need to be heard. We do need to be valued. And, you know, people need to be educated that there isn't one sort of, one type of body, one type of body that's desirable in the fashion industry. And yeah, I think it is, I mean, we're all in the same space. You get it when, you, when you're talking about something. Like it's, even if it's something that's that's upsetting to you, if you feel like it's helping other people, then then it, it makes it worth it. Hmm. But honestly, yeah, there's been hundreds of times in my career where I've just been like, oh, oh. You know, I've, I remember shooting for a brand abroad and, you know, when you want to take behind the scenes photos, you know, take photos of the screen of like, oh, I really like that outfit. And the campaign came out and like, my hips are just gone. Really? They just cut my hips off. Really? And I was just sort of like... Oh, and I remember this was probably, you know, six or seven years ago. I remember me seeing those photos and being like, oh my God, I look amazing. I look amazing. What's different? I look amazing. And then I looked at the photos on my phone and I was like, 
oh my God, they've completely photoshopped me. That's not what I look like. And why did I think I looked amazing smaller? Mm. Because those are the images that we are being, you know, if they're chopping off models, bums and hips, what what is that doing? To but, you know, we, we, we've come a long way since then. Mm. Yeah. You know, we are seeing, you know, real skin, real, real bodies. Yeah. And when I mean real bodies, I just mean not photoshopped. Unedited. Yeah. yeah. Do you still see that now with your with campaigns that you do they wouldn't get a chance to do that what would you do would Um, you oh i mean i'd I'd, yeah yeah you'd go all out yeah i'd go all out it's not (laughs) it's it wouldn't happen now but i think you know when you came into an industry where you weren't that plus size modding wasn't a thing when i started so you just kind of took everything how did you start how did you if there was you know like Yeah, how did you start? I got scouted dancing to Diana Ross in an East London pub. Yeah, you fucking did. Yeah. That's what it's the confidence I'm talking about, Felicity. Oh my God. Forgive me for thinking you're the most confident person ever. And they were Sorry. like, we're doing a shoot with Anna Nicole Smith. Do you want to be her? And I was like, hell yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That That's is unreal. so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. So that was the beginning. Beginning. A photographer's called Mars Aldridge. He's a huge fashion wow. photographer. And I actually went to uni to study photography. I studied his work and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I went to set and they, one of the best things about it actually was, you know, I I was a broke student. I just, I just, you know, finished uni and I was working in bars, running vintage shops, doing everything I could possibly. And um, I remember going to set, there was like two security guards there with diamonds, like guarding the diamonds. I was like, are you joking? <laughs> and I was there for hours and it was one of the most amazing, like, I just was like, I wanted to show these pictures to my grandparents. I was like, I just wanted to have something that was, I, I did, I thought it was just a one off. I'm yeah, really good. I yeah. get my fingers in all these pies. You know what I mean? I was like, this is just a little thing I've done. Yeah. And then the, the shoot came out, it was in a magazine called Pony Step. And I was working a speed dating night um, at, at the bar I work in and I got an email from a modelling agency and I wasn't supposed to be on my phone and I was like someone is punking me like I recognise that name I recognise that name and it was Siobhan um, Doherty wow. from the Sugar Babes Fuck. and I was like at store model management and I was like hang on a minute I recognise that name because the sugar babes are iconic. Yeah. I know who that is. That name is emailing me from store model management at the time was like one of the most prestigious yeah, modeling yeah, agencies. Yeah. Is anyone representing you? In between like this speed dating night and I was like, no, nah, this is, this is, I ignored it. Because I was like, someone is, is punking me. And it turns out that they weren't punking me. And she was working at Storm in the time. That's so fun for Siobhan Doherty to yeah, work wait, at Storm, but... Pre or post Sugarbit? Oh, post, obviously, post, post Sugarbit, fine, yeah. Uh, they're having such an amazing revival at the they moment. They are. They just did the O2, they're I, incredible. I know, I'm so jealous, I would actually oh, love... Me too. We come out to the Sugar Babes, a freak like me. That's our, our, live our live shows. So we need to go to Rush. Sugar Babes as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Should I just leave that outing if you'd like to come? <laughs> yeah. Um, put on expenses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got this email, and then, and then I went in to meet, and um, my agent was, um, Mama still got it. Louise. No way! So she then signed me. So oh Louise God. signed me at Storm. That's another show I'd delete that guest. She's yeah. going to have to come to the gig with us too. Bloody yeah. hell. So she signed me. I met her, fell in love with her. She became my agent. And I was there for a little while. And then, yeah, it was quite quite a journey. I ended up leaving and I went to Milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Louise rejoined Milk. 
um, as an agent. And then she became, after that, she became like this incredible superstar that she is now. Yeah. So it's been this whole weird loop of like loads of us in all different industries were just sort of like... Muddling through. Yeah. What were those early shoots like? Was it, because plus size fashion, it wasn't a thing. Mostly editorials. Yeah. You know, so it was... The bedsheet days of the Versace bedsheet. Yeah, the bedsheet days or just sort of like the stretchy days yeah. where everything would be stretchy and, you know, I mean, I had I had a great time, I'm not going to lie, but, I mean, I remember I was working, um, 2012, I was living in a house in Bethnal Green, there was quite a few of us, I think it was about six of us, you know, my room was the living room and um, our landlord decided to throw us out because the Olympics was on and he wanted to rent out our house for the Olympics. We had nowhere to go. And I remember um, I had borrowed a shopping trolley from a local supermarket and me and my mate had found a flat just down the road above a pub. So we were moving all of our stuff in a shopping trolley. So there was like a mannequin in there, like sequin jackets, like a bag of records. And I, I just got... I got a tweet that said cover star number six, Felicity Hayward. And the shoot that I had gone to do with ID magazine, the stylist forgot to tell me that I was doing the cover. So I was walking the streets, not being able to afford like a rental van (laughs) using a shopping trolley. And then I was the the cover of of ID magazine. Wow. So it was just, it was a really, really wild time back then. That's cool. It's something that I'm like very grateful for, but also just sort of, very a very strange time to be in the industry when yeah. our bodies weren't really accepted well how was that how was mm. because you were also it was like the twitter age when you were and people fired off opinions like mm. and it was contra- controversy like you know there was it was being d- debated on good morning britain and like and that's a bit later when they did cosmo but you know like it was quite a big conversation at the time how was it being like in the middle of that do you know what I feel that when I started because I was shot by Miles Aldridge I was automatically put in this little category of like you know I was doing really cool high-end editorials so I kind of was let off because of that because I had ordered these photographers behind me like I shot for ID magazine I shot for Patrick de Marchelier like I'd done some really cool stuff so I feel like my body wasn't really at that time maybe considered yeah it was more like oh she's a bit of a gimmick we'll just use her and, I, and it took a long time for me to get paid work I really? think people forget that because you think about it there was not there was Evans mm, yep. yeah there was simply B uh, just sort of like started to branch out and to do younger more younger clothes and same with Evans like there wasn't really plus size brands out there so there wasn't money to be made and do you know what I find so strange and I, I say this all the time is that back then when I started and I was only doing editorial there was no money there was hardly any plus size brands but there was a ton of beauty brands but they wouldn't touch us plus size models and beauty as we all know it doesn't have a size yeah and I, I always say this and I say this a lot of a lot of the time I work with um the body shop quite a lot who I think are amazing and they've always been ahead of their time but for the beauty brands back in 2012 to 2015 me as a you know size 20 woman if I go and buy your product. So if I go and buy a body cream, yeah, 
and a, my, my best friend who's a size eight goes and buys a body cream. We use that body cream every day. Who is going to use it up first? Me. Yeah. Because I have more skin. <laughs> I have more body. I'm going to use more products. Therefore, I buy more products from you. So how come, just from like, just from logics. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm just like, why do you not use more plus size curvy women in your adverts when we literally use more products than everyone else? Yeah. That's I've just stating facts. It's just silly. That's not. This isn't me trying to make a scene or whatever. I'm just literally like... No, it's clever. I use more products than other people because there's more of me. So why would you not yeah. want to cater... Or and, market to and you. market yeah. And market to me. Idiots. Idiots. And it makes no business sense. sense. But you just keep seeing this. This is the, this is the issue that like, we've come around, again, beauty and fashion. And it's just like it, every time it doesn't make any logical business sense at any point to exclude plus size people from the conversation mm. but the like fat phobia is so entrenched in everything that that usurps mm. any logic which is actually mm. nuts because if you nuts. spoke to any of these men in charge about any other element of their business mm. they would prioritize making money, money at every single right. time absolutely if one thing they like more than money it's controlling women so they're going to keep us yeah. small so annoying. So it's annoying. So annoying. Imagine, imagine putting imagine putting all of this logic into like estate agents. It, literally. You can imagine. I know. <laughs> you can put I know. it into any other context, like any restaurant, you put it into any other business. Yeah. It's completely it's... unviable. The dragons would be yeah. out. They would, <laughs> they would not be interested. It's so annoying. But but change it like change. You know, you're seeing the change. Like, the change. You are the change. You are. And All of us are the change. But that's one Mostly thing you. that I, I do want to re-emphasise and don't want to downplay is how much of an impact, including the curve, has had. And before we said, you know, New York Fashion Week, it turned things back around after February because it got so much of a backlash. But that came from your reporting. Yeah. And your reporting continues to hold everyone accountable. And that is really cool. Thank you. So well done. It, I think that's so cool. It, it it takes up a lot of my time. I can't even imagine. I would <laughs> get numbers. Oh. <laughs> this isn't something I get paid for either. This is pure, like, this is yeah. what I really, truly believe in. And, you know, it's been, yeah. It's, it's, it's an absolute journey. I, yeah. I'm not sleeping at the moment because I'm up. Because also as well, you've got to think about you have um, the different time zones, especially with New York. So I'm trying to get everything up. And also as well, like I'm trying to find all of the other off-schedule shows as well. So like Selkie in New York had an amazing show. Um, it takes a lot of time. But also, like I said before, it is really important. I love Selkie. Selkie's so gorgeous. Good. I wore one for my Hindu. Did you? I, I love the, their, all of their comments, all the photos that I've seen. I've seen them in Plus Size Women. And I just think they look so good. So good. They, they're designed, I feel like those dresses are designed for Plus Size Women. Yeah. And it shows, like, it's just, it's See, fun. There's a lot of brands that do, like, again... They are the smaller indie brands. They will do like these TikToks and stuff where they'll show that. Say they do H twenty eight. They'll show every model. Yeah, like every that. size. And I'm like, oh, you that looks that so with, gorgeous. Like, and I just love it yeah. because you can actually get an idea of like what it just. But it makes business sense. It makes business sense. It doesn't make sense business not sense. to. Yeah, yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. <sighs> but it's really cool what you're doing. Thank, Thank you, you all these so business much. Companies like see business. Like at the end of the day, you should charge them all. As a consultant, consultant, yes, for like my new job, yeah, yes, fashion consultant, business consultant for these stupid little men at the top to help them make more money with their businesses, and then you're like Robin Hood because then on the good side, you're just getting women. although unrelated and a bit superficial. I do think you have another job in you. You've got a really nice voice. 
Like a lovely, like soothing, lulling voice. Producer Daisy's agreeing. Yeah. You should be on the radio. Yeah, you should be. You've should got be. a really like well, soothing you could do voice. ASMR. ASMR. Oh my yeah. god, I got a mini mic. Do you? I, t- I became one of those people. I took it. Oh to, my god, love it. No, I took it to um, took it to. I was gonna say Berlin. I haven't been to Berlin to Milan. Did you love it? Yeah, but the problem is, is I kept leaving it on, and then when I was just recording like other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I'll continue with a mini mic. You've but. got a mini mic and you never use it. I know, I went so through a phase. <laughs> like a week of like, it's all I did. And then now I don't know where it is. I think I did that in 48 hours, yeah. <laughs> um, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Honestly, this has you. been so great. And we love you. We fucking love you. Thanks, Listy. Love you. Thanks, me too. Should I delete that? It's part of the ACAST Creator Network. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.